Okay, so I just got a package, not an exciting package. It's a big battery for my laptop, but Grant wanted to start recording because he had something related to it. So it has to do with what I'm doing with the rest of my evening. Oh, and so okay. I was thinking about the fact that like, oh, I should probably go grocery shopping, but like I don't have to go grocery shopping, but I was thinking there was some reason I needed to go grocery shopping tonight and I didn't remember why. And then you mentioning that you were receiving a package reminded me of something that last night I decided I was just going to do this and it involves me going grocery shopping. So I decided that I'm buying a cabbage and mailing it to one of my friends. With a note that says, you just got cabbaged. Okay, is this, is this, uh, before you continue, <laughs> I need to ask, is this at all inspired by the potato mailing thing that happened, like, in the past year? Actually, no, it's not. Okay. I was watching some YouTube video of some stupid British show with a bunch of British comedians, and one dude was describing an instance where he had an arch enemy that would mail him halves of a cabbage and i was watching it i was like that's like it's a stupid story but it's hilarious and so i was like yo i'm gonna mail someone a cabbage and so that's what i'm doing with the rest of my evening is i'm going grocery shopping to buy a cabbage to mail to someone huh i have decided not to think about it and not to question all the stupid flaws in this plan i'm just doing it like what as Mark I'm, follows up to question all the flaws in the plan. Well, no, no, it's not about... I, I don't really care one way or another, as long as I'm not the recipient. I don't mm-hmm. think I am, but... You uh, aren't. It's someone closer so that the mailing time would be shorter. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I guess, like... I guess as long as it's domestic, it's probably not hard to mail just about anything. Right? That's like, what I'm thinking. It'll probably be significantly more expensive than I'm expecting. Well, yeah. Well, unless you uh, show up with a cabbage and ask for one of those flat rate boxes. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, how do I mail this cabbage? Do I just, like, bring a cabbage to the post office and say, hey, I need to mail this? Well, or do I, like, have it in hmm. a box? <laughs> well, I know that you can bring things in boxes. And as long as it's well enough kind of insulated and filled with things, they wouldn't really know what's in it or really care as far as I know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the main thing is to not walk in there and act like you're doing something sketchy, whatever you yeah. do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, what are you mailing? You're like, it's a cabbage. <laughs> well, there's nothing wrong with mailing a cabbage. You can do I know. that. I know. It's just I it's think. just one of the odder types of things that one would mail among the foodstuffs that one would is like to receive. <laughs> Is there something better that I should mail instead of a cabbage? I thought a cabbage was funny because it was weird. It depends on what you mean by better. There are lots of things that are objectively better to receive in the mail than a cabbage. (laughs) So the purpose of this package is to make this friend laugh. Because I promised him that I was going to mail them something, like a letter or something, a couple weeks ago. And I totally Mm. forgot and felt kind of bad for it. And they're the person who our relationship is very much not built around but the fact of me doing kind of ridiculous out of control things that make them laugh and they find hilarious is a significant part of a relationship okay well what you could do is just to add an extra element is write a small note 
kind of drill a hole into the cabbage and kind of saran wrap the letter and just kind of stick it in the hole. Oh, that's so good. That's the well, only I, addition that I can make. But it seems like the only thing that like, would be better for something a like personal that, note, or because well, I'm already going to have a matter. note that says you just got cabbaged. Well, yeah, you can have that, but that can, but the extra thing can be some actual legitimate thing. Okay, but it's up to you. The, what would be a a funnier to me uh, way to ship that though? If you if you were committed to this drilling a hole into produce. <laughs> would to get a very would be to get a very large carrot <laughs> that you hollow <gasps> out and put a letter inside. Oh my gosh! I don't know how don't feasible know. that is. The easiest thing would to do would be to do it in like a bell pepper, because then you can just you know scoop it out and kind of take the lid off like you would for a jack o' lantern and toss something in there. That would be the easiest thing, but maybe not the funniest. I don't really know. I'm trying to think how it hollows something out because I don't have any, like, drill bits or anything. Mm, okay. Then, yeah, that probably but... wouldn't work. Then a cabbage would probably be fine. You could still just use, like, a knife and cut a hole out of it, I think. I mean, I don't yeah. I don't know how much I... cabbage compares to iceberg lettuce, but I assume that it's I'm assuming close this, enough. I, yeah. See, this is how little I've thought through. I don't actually, <laughs> well... like, if you said a head of iceberg lettuce and a head of cabbage in front of me, I think I could name which was which, but probably also... Could. There's a chance I might not. Well, I think I think what you need to do is go to the grocery store and just peruse the produce section and like you pick up things you feel how like relatively Hello. Sorry, I almost shot water out of my nose when you said peruse the produce section. Well, I mean, that's what you would be doing. And you just yeah, pick like up it. various vegetables and, you know, toss them around in your hand, feel how relatively firm and or dense they feel like they are. Mhm. You know how well they'd ship. Yeah, exactly. You know, and also just kind of your whatever general sense you have of how quickly something goes bad. Yeah, you know, like good point. I, any vegetable be really isn't a great idea, but <laughs> there are some that are probably better than others. That's a good point to bring up. Definitely, whether this was a good idea or not was not a part of the equation. So thankfully, yeah. I can discount that. But you've. You've given me some useful things to think about that I th- believe will be helpful. Yeah, because the whole point is that you want it to be funny, mailing. not a mean prank that smells up yeah. their house. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I want them to be like, oh my god, someone sent me a package. Oh my god, it was Grant. Yeah. What the heck did Grant send me? Yeah. Why is there a cabbage in a box? Or insert random produce with letter in it. Yeah, exactly. That was more successful of a little tidbit than i was expecting well you know this is why you just got to share everything you got to be an open book here grant you never know yeah it's not what might work out okay okay Uh, so here's my social security number (laughs) it is i said an open book that doesn't mean that means people have to read it though you don't need to just present the information well you said share everything grant i'm annoying grant's comic is called Poorly Drawn Lines by <laughs> Reza Ferozmond. And we have uh, two people, a guy and a girl. Uh, the guy, looking a bit peeved, his arms crossed, says, I can't stand fake people. And the girl responds, totally phonies, posers. And the guy says, androids, holograms. 
arrogant computer from Jeopardy? And the girl says, it was years ago, babe. Uh, okay, Grant. <laughs> what was what was your thought behind this one? <laughs> I'm glad that it made you laugh. I'm happy about that. First <laughs> I, of I, all, I liked the turn of what th- what they meant by fake people, and also I agree that like that they took it literally. Yeah, taking it literally, and also I totally agree with the guy that having Watson on Jeopardy was such a stupid gimmick. <laughs> yep, it's not even fair. Like he's as smart as his internet connection is fast, basically. Mm-hmm. So the first reason I got it is when I first read it and I was like, oh, I want to do this comic. I was like, wait, what's it referring to? Because I didn't remember that. But then right before starting recording, I was thinking more about my comic. I was like, oh, yo, that IBM machine thingamajabber was on Jeopardy, wasn't it? (laughs) And so I kind of answered my own first question of... And now you just confirmed <laughs> can, yeah. my answer. Can you can you explain what this comic means, Mark? That's my first <laughs> question. <laughs> yeah. Um, unrelated to the comic, I've just been like in a bit of a pissy mood this evening, and so I was trying to think of something that fit with being in a pissy mood. Okay. Not because I was in a pissy mood about this, but just it it was a way for me to find a comic, and so I was like, "What's something that I'd be pissed about, or that I have been pissed about in life?" in the past couple of years and I was like, yo, fake people blow. And so I searched fake people and I found this comic. And so Mark, do you feel like you have any do you feel like you frequently encounter fake people in your life? And if so, how do you deal with that? I feel like I did more in high school, but I was I I got good enough at not needing to associate with those people that it hasn't I don't know it hasn't been something that's been on my mind like I've been lucky to not be worrying about that sort of stuff where most like the friends that I have are genuine and in the case of people like you where you just stink at communicating I know (laughs) that it's not like you're being fake by being like oh no we're totally friends I'm just not going to talk to you it's just (laughs) that you stink at that (laughs) you know Uh there's a distinction there that I am aware of with those people in my life uh, mm-hmm. so yeah i i haven't really had to deal with it for a long time from what i can think of i mean i guess i don't know because i don't really maybe you'll have to kind of give a give a broad description of what you mean by fake people like i hate people who are flaky like that's the thing for me is i've dealt with people who are really flaky with plans and that bugs the heck out of me but that doesn't that fits really into the category of fake people. I a little bit, yeah, kind of it's, on the line. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's exactly the same thing. Also, I feel like this is such a like saying like fake people, phonies, posers. Like that's such a. It seems almost too broad for me. But yeah. I've definitely dealt with people who are flakes, and the best way to deal with them is to just not, uh, just don't invite them to things because they're really frustrating to deal with. Mm-hmm. Dang, you kind of stole my thunder there. I was going to say to just not. Well, say it again in your own way. What are what are the sort of like what are your defining moments or like your idea of fake people? Like mine, like I said, is people who are flaky with plans because that's something that I am not. I am a very like I commit to things and then I do it kind of person. Like I hate people who are like, I don't know. I don't want to commit to something that far out. It's like, well, if you don't want to commit to it, then you're not interested enough for us to have a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Like, that's the thing. <laughs> oh, okay. But anyway, what's your, so uh, what's your take on this? The second you said that, I was thinking about all the times in the past year when I've said those exact words <laughs> to you because it's been a significant number of times. Well, I don't know. I don't think you have really. This entire podcast, Mark. Well, I I treat I like, this differently because this is like we don't, don't have a set. That. We don't have a set time to record, and most of the time, if I say a specific time, you are like, "Yeah, sure." Well, yeah, because I have no life, so. Oh, I know that, but I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean stuff where it's like, so you're oh, do you want to do something this Friday? And someone's like, "I don't know. I might have like I might have something going on." Yeah, and you're like, "Well, this can be your something that you can commit to." You know, mm-hmm. but you're making it pretty clear that you're just a, uh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to always wait for something better kind of person. Yeah. And that's really frustrating. Mm-hmm. I am the something better. Aww. <laughs> nice to think that you think about yourself in that way, Mark. Yeah, it is. It is. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> I don't know. So with, with the concept of fake people at the moment, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really pre-think about this as much as I probably should have. So I could have succinct answers, but I'm kind of separating fake people into like two categories of fake people, if that makes sense. One of them is people who, I'm going to say like, pretend to care about you and like you, but don't really have an intention of like actually like spending time with you or developing like a genuine relationship with you and they're doing it just out of like I don't really care but I'm uncomfortable like letting this person know that I don't really care Mm -hmm. as I would put as like one camp of fake people so those are like types of people who like you invite to things and they are always like well I'm not I might have something going on or whatever kind of how I think you were describing a little bit. And then a separate category of fake people in my mind is the people who like pretend to care about you. And then down the line, you suddenly discover, no, they definitely didn't actually care about me. And they were just pretending to do so for ulterior motives or I don't know. That one's harder to describe, but I would describe it as more of like a malicious fake person. I don't know where I'm... I'm not really going well, anywhere yeah, with this. I mean, but... let me see if I can kind of rephrase that. There are the people who uh, are sort of fake to you out of a social awkwardness, sort of. Or yes. just something that's not like... They think that they're sort of being nice by not being honest about whatever they're feeling that one and then and that's almost way worse versus people who are just uh just kind of mean you know like are purposely being manipulative in some way yeah you know but then you can kind of wipe it off as just kind of like i don't know yeah i guess i got roped into that but you're just kind of a jerk you're also a dick Strong Sorry, was, language there. You, all the words I wanted to yeah, use, you, you were, tell me I'm not allowed to use on this you, podcast, you Mark, okay? <laughs> it was actually really funny. Uh, I I swore, uh, well, kind of <gasps> swore. It wasn't, it wasn't really a swear word uh, yesterday Mark. when I was recording. 
and it was while I was talking about Spongebob, and Mikhail was like, wait, what did you say? Like, giving me the chance to say something else, and so I just said the same word. (laughs) (laughs) And then when I was editing, I replaced both of them with the dolphin swearing noise from Spongebob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's good. It was good. Can you please enlighten me about what the word was? It was... Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, so I feel like those are the sort of two broad categories that you were talking about, which I think I can kind of get behind. Because, well, first of all, I feel I feel like the people who are legitimately manipulative are kind of far and few between. Like, yeah, I, guess it, it, I guess it happens, but ultimately it's like, Something's going to happen to them. You know, like, it's just, they're just kind of jerks, and it'll eventually kind of catch up with them. So I don't tend to worry about that stuff too much, versus the people, like, who are trying to be nice in some way. Like, mm-hmm. the, those are the ones that, like, you either are getting closer to, or, like, there's just a lot more going on, typically, to make that sort of a situation happen. There's typically more backstory to it Mm -hmm. if nothing else and so that definitely makes it way more frustrating to deal with i i'm noticing a big difference between us here that i'm finding very interesting Hmm. to me i would find the type of person who's just a jerk to be way more frustrating than the type of person who's just like trying to be nice but really they're just being a butt because they're not being honest i would find that person way less annoying or way less frustrating than the first type of person well i i think the thing for me is knowing myself the first type of person is the one where it's more likely that i either have some more background with or would care more about the fact that they don't you know care as much about us being friends or whatever as i thought as opposed to someone who is just a legitimately mean person it's much easier to be like well i'm just gonna cut them out like yeah they're a jerk so like that's just kind of it versus someone who's not purposely trying to be mean they're just you know, I think a lot of us have been in that been in a situation where you kind of aren't completely honest, be, partially because you don't want to deal with it, uh, and that you kind of know that's the real reason, but also because you want to tell yourself that it's you don't want to hurt someone else or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for me, that's a more empathetic position to be in, mm-hmm. and it's not. And so it's I don't mean like. I'd be, like, more mad at that person than someone who's just mean. I would be more affected by it, for sure. Okay. That That's that's what I mean when I say that. Like, it would definitely have a greater effect on me than someone who's just mean. Because it's like, well, then they're just mean to other people, too. You know? Like, that's typically not a super uh, unilateral thing. You know? If someone's, mm-hmm. like, in a toxic friendship, they're probably in a lot of toxic friendships. And causing mm-hmm. that to happen in a lot of places. It's just that this one happened to blow up now. And the others will happen later. Uh, versus mm-hmm. someone who's trying to be nice. You know that. Like you see them with other people. You know that they're nice people. And that like they put in the effort with other people. But they're not 
you know, or they're not doing that with you though. And that's what's the, that's like the affecting part for me. Okay. But can't, can't the first type of person also fit into the second category where they still have genuine relationships in their life, but they're also just a dick sometimes. But my, my point is that we're already assuming that type one person is not being purpo- purposely manipulative or mean. I'm not saying it can't be construed Wait, as. What are type, type one and type two here? <laughs> type I feel one like we've gone back and the, forth on which is which. We were very, I've been very clear the entire time. <laughs> ever I've since I first confused. stated, uh, ever since I first stated which one was type one and type two, and then never referenced it again. <laughs> uh, type one are the people who are not being purposely manipulative. They're so the they're ones not who. The dicks. Correct. That's okay. the entire point that I'm making. Type one are the people that are like, they think that they're just they're trying to be nice, and so they're not wanting to be honest about how they're feeling. They're kind of just stringing you along but not for like a mean reason just from a they don't want to hurt you sort of a reason versus someone who's legitimately mean or manipulative with you okay yeah yeah i understand now and i i want to go back to my point but i'm i can't remember if my point was just (laughs) confused about what type one and type two is or (laughs) Not and we can't record, rewind, and go back. So yeah. we'll just keep moving. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, should we just move on? Since <laughs> like I think we kind of lost ourselves there. I don't think we're gonna get back on track. Yeah, I got too fake, confused. Fake Might be, people bro. are bad. Watson should not be on Jeopardy. I think that's what we've determined. I don't know. I I think there's an argument to be had there, Mark. Well, okay. I'm there's kidding. an. I'm argument. just trying to be annoying. No, you. Ha- I don't think an there argument is. If. If you had an, a Jeopardy episode that was Google, All Alexa, and Siri. Oh, God. Right. Watson doesn't count because Watson's a legitimate, like, IBM business AI. He proved himself. He proved his uh, processing abilities. Yeah. Uh, but we need to see. And the whole the whole thing, though, is that Siri, Google, and Alexa, they have to be consumer versions running on flagship phones using their natural language processing. But I also feel like that wouldn't be very interesting because I feel like one would just win, like, all the time. Maybe. I don't know. But I think that some of them might be better tuned for certain questions. Oh, maybe. Okay. You know, like, because I I I could see this being funny, actually. I'd have to check, but I'm fairly confident that when Watson was on, they definitely were not feeding, like, he was not listening to Alex Trebek and responding quickly. They were, like, feeding him the questions as they were being oh, read, essentially. BS. Like, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it, it definitely was not language processing. Otherwise, people would be paying through the nose to try and get it in their houses. And IBM would be making things like uh, yeah. an Echo, you know, things that would be useful in that way. But that's not what he's doing. So mm-hmm. that's why it would be funny to have it be the three main competitive voice assistants. Maybe throw Cortana in there just to see how poorly she does. Uh, but the three main, <laughs> the three main home based on her. one, the ones that exist in like home devices that can listen to you and respond to your queries, they should compete mm. on Jeopardy, where you just have you just have an an Amazon Echo, a Google Home, and a HomePod just sitting there, mm-hmm. and just the first ones to respond correctly to the question out loud win. Yeah, yeah, but that'd be a mess because they'd all be talking at once 
yeah, I'll be fine. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I mean, the, big, the bigger mess is that you'd have to have people out there saying the trigger words as well for them to be listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not. it's not my job to figure out the logistics. I'm just the ideas guy here. <laughs> That's okay. Sometimes you got to be just the ideas guy. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's move on. Moving on. I think it's about that time. Marquisha's comic this week is Bacon by Lonnie Millsap. And so the comic, there are two dinosaurs on a pristine countryside with some mountains in the background and one appears to clearly be like a adult or a parent figure and one appears to be a child and so the little child dinosaur says when i grow up i want to be petroleum and the comic is has a caption of attainable goals in the prehistoric community <laughs> why <laughs> well first of all i just found i discovered one of these comics and i was poking through this particular like this comic strip because uh, they were all funny they just weren't always ones that i could immediately kind of tie into anything okay. and this was the first one where i could <laughs> wait before you try to tie it into something i have a question yeah i'm not like a master of geology and paleontology gosh i'm sounding unintelligent right now but my question is i was always under the assumption that for dinosaurs to become petroleum they had to die in a specific type of environment specifically i was thinking more of a swampy type environment yeah, this so, dinosaur wanted to travel far and wide to achieve its goal. Okay, because I was going to say, given the setting that this comic appears to be in, that does not seem like an attainable goal. Yeah, I mean, the other thing to remember, though, it's like... the It's a comic? Shift, yeah, it's a comic. The continents <laughs> shift around. Uh, there's, a whole lot, there's a whole lot of factors here, Grant. And okay. also, it's a comic. <laughs> okay. I feel like we have a history, though, of going too deep for the comics, though. So I was trying to live up to that. True. Maybe we should consider the first comment. Ooh, let's do it. I haven't looked at it yet. What is it? Not many are wise enough to consider the long game. That's true. The best the best jokes are the long jokes, or the best, like, tricks are the long cons. Exactly. I agree. Ooh, how can I turn my joke from the start of this episode of mailing some crap to someone into a long con? I don't know. I'll think about that. Hmm. We'll just continue on to what you were t- wanting to talk about because that I'm sure you, is much you more You mailed them various puzzly items that where the first letter of each item spells out the word cabbage and then you sent them to the cabbage. Or I mailed them various pieces of produce each with a word and a message of you just got cabbaged. <laughs> None of them are a cabbage. <laughs> well, the last one would be a cabbage. 
but then you have to then you really have to decide whether the cabbage should say you just got cabbaged or do something totally different or you just got and then in like a pickle jar send the word cabbage and then the next one be a cabbage maybe i don't think pickle jar though they gotta well, be all fresh produce yeah well we'll think about it oh okay on it. uh the question for this comic was, what did you want to be when you grew up, Grant? When are we asking me this question? I don't know. Pick a time. Pick an interesting time where the where the answer would have been amusing for the sake of a podcast. <laughs> mm. how, how about this? We'll start, we'll start with an easier question. When did you know that you wanted to go into chemistry? <laughs> this one... <laughs> <laughs> quote unquote I feel no. Like, no so when i would say i quote unquote knew is kind of a broad period of time of like me deciding like yeah i think i'll probably like major in chemistry and become a chemist whatever the heck that meant and i had no idea at that time it was kind of a broad period of time but like the moment where i was like i'm being a chemistry major I am going to do chemistry. This is a decision I'm making. That moment where I was like, I have, where I officially in my head was like, I have decided to do this was much more distinct of than when I quote unquote knew. So I'm going to go with that moment because it's one that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. And it was, gosh, I don't know the day. But I knew, do know the time of day and the approximate time in the year. So it was, I believe, either late February or early March. It was a Sunday. No, it was a, it was a Monday morning because it was a morning and it was at 3.30 a.m. And the reason that I remember this is because... Um, that Monday on campus, we had applications for research for the next summer for a couple of research positions that were open and they had kind of applications that we could turn in and those were due on that Monday. And I had been kind of like toying with the idea of filling one out kind of the whole time. This was when I was a sophomore as well. And so the whole time I was thinking like, well, there's no reason they would choose me. I'm a sophomore. I'm too young. This is a stupid thing to apply for. Why would I waste my time with it? And on a Monday morning at 3 a.m., I was still awake. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm signing up for this. I'm going to do it. I have decided I am doing this. It's 3 a.m. I'm not doing anything important right now anyway, other than wasting time that I should be spending sleeping. So I'm going to fill this application out and turn it in and so as i was filling it out i noticed wow i haven't declared my major yet if i want to be considered for chemistry research positions i should probably have declared a chemistry major by now so that's when i both declared my major and kind of decided for myself what i was going to be doing hmm. that sounds pleasantly arbitrary it was and that's kind of one thing that i love about it because like in my head in the months up until then i kind of i kind of like knew that i was going to major in chemistry and i 
kind of decided it because like I was enjoying what I was doing and it was interesting to me, but I didn't really know what that decision meant. Like what all the implications of saying I want to be a chemist were and how that would affect kind of like my day-to-day life and what day-to-day life it would kind of spell out for me in the coming years. Um, And so that's what had kind of been the lack of knowledge of what that meant kind of held me back a little bit. And so it took kind of on an early Monday morning for me just to kind of be like, you know what, bro? Let's just go for it. This is completely arbitrary, but I'm going to do it. And I did it, and I've been very happy with that decision ever since. So maybe I should make more decisions on snap judgments at 3 a.m. <laughs> There's a certain clarity that nighttime allows. Yeah. I feel that. Huh. Interesting. So I, then... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to return the question to you, but if you had a okay. more interesting well, one... Well, I mean, I was either just going to follow up with, let's move it back a few years and see what you wanted to do, or or I was going to ask which one, which type of question you wanted to ask of me. I promise that the math one won't be quite as interesting, quite as interesting and or arbitrary as yours. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm... I'm going to keep talking about myself because I want to do that right now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's say, no. but I got to pick the time period. Okay. Let's say seventh grade grant. Oh, God. Can we choose a different time when I like, <laughs> remember, actually? Because honestly, yeah, I have I like, repressed you, you, most you of decide. that. Yeah, you, you decide. What, maybe Elementary like, when school you were grant? Yeah, yeah, let's say when you were much younger. Elementary school grant wanted to be a car mechanic. Okay. Have because you worked on cars ever? Not really. <laughs> okay. Like, like I know how to do basic car things. Yeah. I would say I'm much more car literate than the average person our age. Um, sure. Like, I feel like I know how to do the bare bones of what, like, you have to know how to do in order for you sh- to be able to have a car. But, like, well, you'd think so, most people you? don't. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And so, uh, like, I, because I like working with my hands and building things and making things and understanding how they work. So, like, if I have a car and I drive a car, I understand the very bare bones basics behind how it works and how I can address very basic things in the car. Um... So, no, I am not a big car person who knows everything about cars. But middle school, Grant really wanted to be a car mechanic for some reason. Um, I don't fully understand why. I think part of it was, like, looking up um, towards kind of, like, some both of my grandfathers, who neither of them were car mechanics, but both of them were very, I would say, mechanically inclined. Um, one of my grandfathers was a welder. Um, and so in elementary school, Grant's mind, like welding, working on engines of tractors and stuff like that, and being a car mechanic were kind of all the same thing to me at that time. Sure. And so, meh, that's kind of where I am or where I was. Cool. What about you, Mark? What's, where did your Mm. 
passion for maths come from? Well, it came out of not wanting to be a chemistry major. When I did Was that just a jab or was that a real... Let me tell my story, man, and you'll find out. When I did orientation before freshman year of college, my lower division declared major. So just like you declare a track so that the advisors can help you figure out what sort of courses because even at like first semester it sort of matters that you think Mm -hmm. you know what you want to do like if you're a computer science major there's certain things you really don't need to worry about Uh, and if you're like say chemistry or physics there are things that you definitely do need to worry about taking Uh, so my lower division declaration was chemistry uh, going into freshman year and uh, yeah uh, I had originally, like, when I chose the U of M, it was with the intention of either going into chemistry or chemi. Or some some variety of, like, hard science or engineering. Like, that was definitely the idea in my head mm-hmm. going into it. And then, I, I think I could probably go find the records. I'm pretty sure I've 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 done so a few times. But you can check that come November of freshman year, my lower division major declaration had changed to math. Mm-hmm. <laughs> About two months into taking Gen Chem. <laughs> Not that I was doing poorly in Gen Chem. I just realized, like, yes, I know that, yes, it gets better. But I had I realized just how little motivation or desire I had to keep doing more chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, I was perfectly competent. I did very well in lab. Like, I was doing well in the tests. Chemistry was still, like, a thing that interested me. Like, I spent an extra elective in high school taking the quarter-long OCHEM senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I still enjoy chemistry in the abstract, but it had just kind of quickly fallen out of favor with me, and I was so enjoying taking Calc 2 and looking forward to other math classes that it became pretty much a no-brainer at that point that, yeah, no, I'm going to do math. Mm-hmm. And just kind of never looked back. Like, every ma- every subsequent math class that I took, I, like, yes, there were very big frustrations, just like with any college course, but I still really really liked the material and liked just just learning cool things and working on interesting problems but kind of in a uh in a way that just suited my brain like things like lab work i can do it like i did all my physics stuff as well but it just didn't interest me that much and Mm -hmm. for a while i thought that i was going like i was on an applied math track with a minor in computer science for a little bit Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of realized, I don't know, I don't want to waste my courses taking this computer science course. So I never really did that. And just kind of, I took like a couple of applied math courses, but realized like, eh, I don't think I like this very much either. And mm-hmm. just slowly kept moving more and more in the direction of more pure math, which is really the interest that I have. Like my thesis was in physics and probability, but it was very much like, a pure analytical look at quantum mechanics. There wasn't a whole lot of actual physics going on in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was very much pure math in my mind. Uh, so yeah, that w- that was mostly it. it. Was just like I thought that I would want to do engineering, and it became very apparent that that's not where my skill set is. And it was very much confirmed talking to my friends who were not doing math, who were doing various engineering courses, and I was like, yeah, I'm very glad that I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm very glad now that I'm not doing it, you know, because that was the other thing was I spent so much of college, like right away, I knew like, hey, I 
want to put in time to go tutor or teach or do something like that in math. And it was so, looking back, it was like I knew that I was just putting myself in a position to pursue math and math education. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I made the right choice. Freshman year, me knew enough to put me on the right track. Lucky you. Yeah. And then elementary school me, up through middle school me for the most part. Middle school me kind of wanted to be a a professional musician as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. But elementary school me very firmly wanted to be a writer. Up through middle school. Very strong. Like that was a thing. When I was in fifth grade, I started writing my first very long story and I wrote a hundred pages in a Word doc. That's so of a story. And you were that that kid. Continued through sixth grade and then seventh grade I had a mean language arts teacher who didn't like my writing style and that just kinda ruined writing for me for about three years. Ouch. And just kind of language. Like, I kind of, I got back into it a bit in eighth grade, but it really just sort of, I took a nosedive until I took AP Comp with Motes. And then that kind of reinvigorated me, just sort of the intellectual challenge of writing very much uh, mm-hmm. worked for me. And then all throughout college, like, math is so much about communication and writing, just in a very particular way. Uh, but that's still been obviously a big thing. Like, the fact that, Something that I've been doing for myself is just writing a blog post every single week since the middle of this summer. Uh, So, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to be a writer very much when I was younger. Mm -hmm. I have one more question for you. Oh, sure. And maybe this will be a super simple question and maybe it's a stupid one for me to ask. But what does Mark right now want to be when he grows up? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's a really good question. I think hmm. sometimes the, I, I hmm? if you want to give two answers, I'll allow that. If you want to give one of like a where you realistically see yourself and one of like a if I could change the world and make it spin whatever direction <laughs> I wish, this is what I would be doing. I think it might be kind of a mix. Okay. Like in my head. I, I still like the idea of going back to grad school, but for math education mm-hmm. and or doing just whatever path I can get myself on to jockey myself into a position where I can have more of a direct effect on a broader part of education. Like I really love the company that I'm working with and I love what they do and I love the passion of it all, but ultimately they are aimed at a pretty narrow field where a lot of students won't feel like they fit in, which is Mm -hmm. super advanced kids in math uh, Mm -hmm. just doing some crazy tough problems. And I love the way that they do it, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot to start implementing that in a broader sense. And like just the way that education in general is structured really bums me out. Mm-hmm. And really on- the only people who can get the best of it are those who go outside of the system and use stuff like the company that the stuff that my company uses or things like Khan Academy or Desmos. Like there are a lot, all these uh, various uh, companies that are doing things to make things better, but none of it is being well implemented into uh, just your average school. 
so that's kind of broadly like what I've had in mind for a while. Uh, at one point, Aaron asked me like, if it actually were to become a thing where like your podcast took off, would that be a thing like you would want to do? Uh, hmm. And I was like, because this is the thing is like Aaron and I have talked about like you know talking about our future that at least in my mind I'm far more likely to w- both want to be and decide to be like a stay at home parent. Mm-hmm. Partially just because the things that I do and the things I'm interested in lend themselves well to that. Like I already mm-hmm. work for a company that does everything they do online. So I could either work remotely or like there are a lot of options in that way. And and I was like, I don't know. Like it would be super fun to actually make money off of podcasting. I think that would be a hoot. <clears throat> uh, mm-hmm. But ultimately it's like I care too much about things like math education for that to be yeah some sort of focus but doing something like i mean i could definitely get behind like if i were making money off of like writing stuff for math or you know i don't know in a more independent way that would be cool but Mm -hmm. ultimately i just want to be continue to be in a position where i can keep making an impact in education like i i'm not interested in like ooh, i if i could get really good at programming i could kind of jump ship and go do something else and make some more money like i'm not interested in that i just want to keep Mm -hmm. sort of working with students as best i can but also not be in a classroom 24 7 like i don't want i decided pretty quickly that i don't want to just be like a full-time teacher because that's that's a tough thing to do and Mm -hmm. that's real draining so yeah yeah that's where i'm at okay I would, this is the thing, I want to ask you, but we've been recording for exactly 47 minutes, and that's exactly how much time we have left in our uh, monthly timing budget on our podcast (laughs) host. (laughs) That's totally fine, then. So, we might just have to end it here. Yo, I'm just eating a piece of toast and then I'll be ready to roll. Mm. What do you have on your toast? Peanut butter. What kind of peanut butter? Freaking peanut butter, Mark, okay? Well, like, do you I've got a bit of a tood tonight, okay? Like, crunchy peanut butter, smooth peanut butter? <laughs> nah, creamy. I'm not a monster. Okay, like, Jif, Skippy, something else? Jif. Okay, wow. You were lost in every single part of that. That's cool. Wow, you're a horrible person. I think we should record tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Actually, no, tomorrow doesn't work.